Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA Podcast. Today's guest is Anthony Vincent. You may know him as the artist formerly known as 10 Second Songs. He made all these videos that you've probably seen floating around over the years, like, uh, you know, Limp Biscuit rolling in 20 different styles or whatever, and he'll do like a ska version and a jazz version, whatever. Super talented guy, but... He recently made a decision that I really admire to rebrand his channel as his name, Anthony Vincent. And that is what we talked about in this video, kind of what drove his decision to do that. Like, you know, he's got three and a half million subscribers, so there's a lot of risk for him to do that. Why did he do it? We talk about kind of this tension that we've talked about on some of my other shows of like what the audience wants you to make versus what you want to make and kind of how you balance gratitude for having an audience at all, but also realizing that you need to make some changes in order to keep yourself happy. Lots of stuff like that that is, you know, kind of near and dear to my heart. And I don't know, I just kind of use this as a selfish opportunity to get his advice on what I should do with my channel because I've thought about a lot of the same things. So super good conversation for anybody who is a creator of any kind. Very honest, real stuff. Uh, Super intelligent, thoughtful guy. So give this one a listen. And before we get into that, let me just mention a few ways you can support the show if you would like to. Number one, share it on social media. Tag me, tag the guest. That helps a lot. Number two, you can check out some of our new merch. I've got some coffee mugs. I've got a cool new Deathcore shirt and some other designs. There's a link to that in the show notes. And lastly, you can support us on Patreon. If you really, really love us, you'll get all the podcasts early. There's a members-only private Discord server. I do patron-only Q&As. I started doing some giveaways. Lots of cool stuff happening over there on Patreon. You can check that out at the link in the show notes as well. But first, before we get into that, let's do a little bit of Q&A. From Taylor Turk, what business ventures interest you the most post-COVID? Or what ideas have you had to generate new revenue streams that you might not have come across if COVID never happened? Well, I haven't really had any new ideas. Like COVID hasn't really changed the way that I personally do anything because I have always kind of thought about business in the way that makes sense in the COVID world. In other words, like I don't like live events. I don't like anything that requires like brick and mortar. Uh, I think about things in terms of what kind of internet enabled businesses can happen on a global scale that do not require people to like gather in the same place just because, I don't know, that's just how my brain works. Like I, I just, the thing with live events is it's just so risky. So many things can go wrong. For example, shows and festivals. If the singer of the band breaks his foot, they might have to cancel the whole tour. And now everybody who was re- who was depending on this for their income for the rest of the year is out of a job or has to, you know, scramble and find plan B or something. So it just, the, there's no real big, and I learned this a long time ago before COVID. So I would say for me, there aren't any really big, 
you know, lessons or anything like that, but I would think about it in terms of how do you design your life to be anti-fragile, assuming that shit like COVID is going to happen, things like the 2008 financial crisis. You know, I've been through three, I think, of these crazy recessions now. Well, four, actually. There was the 99 uh, or the 2001.com bubble, 9-11. There was the 2008 financial crisis and now COVID. So I've been through four of these things. These things are going to happen. You never know when they're, they're called them black swans for a reason because nobody knows when they're going to happen or how it's going to go down, but they are going to happen. And you should design your life with that in mind. You know, have savings, build businesses that will be resilient when these things happen. Like, think about shit like what would happen if 30% of our customers disappeared tomorrow? Would we still be alive? What would our plan be in that case? These are the questions you need to ask yourself to be anti-fragile. And by the way, you should read the book called Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. He's a little bit weird and crazy, but he's also very smart and thinks about this the right way. He's the one who coined the term black swan. That book is also great, but yeah. Those are my thoughts, like design a life that is anti-fragile. And with that out of the way, let's get into this episode. Anthony, welcome to the show. But before we get into it, I need to just verify your identity. And uh, I'm going to need you to repeat the secret code word that I gave you to make sure that I'm speaking to Anthony, not the 10 second man. You are speaking to Anthony. The code word is Fidelio. Okay, good, good. Now that we've got that out of the way, we can we can get into it. Well, thank you so much for making that video, your goodbye video. I found that so inspiring. And it just like, that was such a great articulation of the internal dialogue that I have. And I think that a lot of other creators have too. So thank you very much for making that. I, my wife and I watched it and I think we both just walked away from it feeling like we could, you know, take some of the same risks that you are. Well, I really appreciate that. And, you know, it, I guess it was one of those things that when I wrote it and I was putting it all together, I didn't expect uh, for it to, to kind of hit the way it did or, or turn into what it did. Because at one point I was just like, eh, maybe I'll just get on, maybe I'll just get like do what everyone else does, get on a camera and say, hey guys, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm just gonna talk straight, shoot from the hip. Yeah. But instead, I decided to, <laughs> I decided to write something, and it turned into a whole other thing I didn't expect. Let me summarize it and tell me for anybody who hasn't seen it, and you can tell me if if I missed anything. So to make a long story short, you were known as Ten Second Songs for quite a while. You got a few million subscribers there, kind of doing these videos you know the the thing i think most people know you for is the you know whatever song in 20 different styles right. which i think you do an amazing job of and anybody who watches those i think is uh very impressed by your talent but that's not all you know you are or have to offer to the world so you said i'm gonna rebrand as anthony vincent and uh let the chips fall where they may and uh, and here we are. You got a million and a half views on that last time I looked. It seems like you got a really good reaction to that. And that's kind of where we are now. I feel like the million and a half probably came from a lot of people who thought that I was saying goodbye completely because it is like, I mean, a lot of people said, oh, it's clickbait. I hate these clickbait titles. I mean, yes and no, it is. I mean, because you kind of want people to watch the video. So, yeah, in case uh, in case you were wondering why people choose to clickbait some of their titles every once in a while, it's because it's difficult to get people to actually see your shit. But on the other hand, it is goodbye to a chapter of my life. It is. That was something that I struggled with for a while. I wanted to change my name. In fact, at one point, two years ago, I changed my channel name for, it was about five days, I changed it to... 10 second songs at dash Anthony Vincent. It was the most confusing thing. 
I was going through an identity crisis because I was like one one foot out the door, one foot still in. And then I was like, ah, I'm just going to keep it 10 second songs. And then I I, um, I, I ended up kind of like uh, going back and double downing on what I'm known for and, and settling on that. But it wasn't until last year, right at the start of the pandemic. And I don't know if there's a correlation, but I started to notice that the viewership was starting to drop off on the main thing that people knew me for. Uh, not a big deal, not a big drop, but big enough for me to consider, to actually ask myself the question, is this something that if the viewership wasn't there, is this something I would be happy doing? And is it fulfilling artistically and everything? Because, you know, it's one thing to, you know, for it to be a job. I mean, it, it is a job. And that doesn't mean you have to enjoy every second of, you know, every day. But on the other hand, you don't want to sign up for something that really feels like a grind because then you might as well just go work for someone else where you have the stability and stuff. Exactly. I think that's what I was trying to say. I was crossing thoughts there. If this thing that we do and we're, you know, as our own boss and it's supposed to be creative and fun because let's face it, we're making videos and podcasts and songs and cover for a living. I mean, that's what we're doing as a job. If that begins to feel like the job we had before that we left this for, then that's a problem, you know? And that's what it started to, to kind of feel like. Because at one point I really did enjoy doing those videos because to me, they were, they were something I poured a lot into because they started, they were more of like a me kind of like, there was like an, it was almost like an art collage or, or piece or something. I was putting a lot of energy into it. Then once I started getting into like a, a monthly thing where I had producers helping me, the fun and the the attention to detail started to kind of fall off. Mm -hmm. That was when it felt it started to feel like very monotonous. So I knew that, that there was something I had to do. And, and the first thing was to get off that schedule. And if I did that and I started doing other things, well, it's under this name that I, I always try to envision this. Think about some random person that doesn't know who you are. They find your channel for the first time. And they see the name. Is it going to make sense to what they're seeing? Say they 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 uh, stumble on a video of you playing an acoustic guitar, and it's it's just you singing with the acoustic. And then the channel name is Ten Second Songs. Does that make sense? Like to me, I started to realize that it didn't. But there are people who have channel names. Like for example, there's a guy I watch named uh, the Gamer from Mars who does internet culture commentary. He doesn't talk about games anymore, but it seems to people don't seem to have any expectations there. So it's interesting to me how sometimes, you know, people are able to have a channel name that doesn't match their content at all and it's not a problem. And then other times, you know, like in your case, it is a problem and uh, it seems to be kind of arbitrary. You know what it is? It's like, well, we'll look at it this way. Uh, the gamer from Mars, I don't even, I've never even heard of him. And I can already tell you that, well, he's the gamer from Mars and the gamer from Mars probably does other things aside from game. And you can figure that out real fast. That's true. Uh, uh, PewDiePie. It's just a nickname. Like, oh, this guy's PewDiePie, whatever. Who probably does a lot of, you know, like Davey 504 is like, you know, yeah. like, oh, he's Davey 504. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe even if your channel was called 10 Second Song Guy, maybe that even would have worked. Yeah, it was something that was like character related or like a nickname that just stuck for a while. Like, I think about some other gamers, too, like that have like different names, like, you know, Moist Critical. Yeah, I've kind of dealt with the same thing a bit because my channel has the name of a genre of music in it. 
you know, there's people who, which I, I do talk about punk, but I talk about a lot of other kinds of, you know, music too. And, and in another world, I would prefer to talk about things other than music, but it has the name of a genre of music in the title. And so there's, I get a fair amount of comments or like, what the fuck? Why don't you talk about punk? Or like, I don't want to hear about this or that shit. Tell me about punk. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of naively, uh, thought that audiences would kind of understand that people want to talk about different things, but it doesn't seem to be the case. I think that most people would understand. It's all a matter of preference of what you want to do with your brand, because I know that there are people who follow me that that I wouldn't have to explain shit to. They're, they're smart enough to understand. Yeah. I do have a, a quite a few people who are smart enough to get it. Uh, and I think it's definitely the same with you. I'm sure people see punk rock, NBA. I mean, you know, K-Rock, <laughs> New York's leading uh, rock station that's no longer exists from the 90s, covered so many different genres and stuff like that. It's like, I'm sure people get, I mean, I get it. I look at it and say, I understand. But I'd also understand if you decided you wanted to clean things up, go to the next level and focus, focus it and come up with something new. You know, I don't think pe people are not going to attack you for it. How has it been going so far? I mean, it, I saw your video today, the what should I do next one, where you're kind of asking yourself the question of what should I do next? Have you answered that question for yourself yet? Or are you still kind of, it seems like you're still kind of scared to step outside the comfort zone. It is. It's a lot of things. I am having fun for the first time in a while and, uh, and doing things I always wanted to do. Like, you know, like what I just did right now is just kind of like, I, I wrote this thing and I, I just got really trippy with it. And I was like, how am I going to, I want to create my own little storyline. Not every time, like maybe like a little bit here and there. Some people appreciate it. Other people are confused, <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, really, I, I think, but, but it was important for me to kind of just say, I think the big part of this move that, that for me is the reason I did it was to put everything under the umbrella of my name. So in other words, I'm not done with uh, Styles videos per se. It's just that the next time I do one, it's gonna be special and you know on, a, on another level that I've done them before because that was always the point of them. Then I got into a monthly schedule and I made them not special anymore. Kind of grinding it out. Right, so now that I've did this quirky like 10 second songs, 10 second man thing now, it makes like the whole Styles video more theatrical, more of like a cinematic theatrical experience which I think is important for me to just have fun with it because like, cause otherwise it's just like, Oh, here's another song in 20 styles. You know what I mean? But, it, but that's what people do though. That's what a lot, like people who like people who make content or make videos on YouTube, they do this kind of stuff. They do like weird quirky things. Davey 504 does it with his Holy slap. Everyone does that kind of stuff. It's just fun. You know, I have these same conversations with myself all the time. Like you, I forget what it was you said in the what should I do next video. You're like, what about this? Nah, that's too risky. You know, and I have that conversation with myself all the time. And what I think it comes down to is like, you will have success. Creators will have success with doing different kinds of content if it's good. Like if they do it well, like you could do a video about football and maybe it's not going to be your most popular video, but you could have success doing about a football video if it was done well. I think that's the key. And I look back at some of the content that I did a long time ago when I was experimenting with stuff and it, it didn't work out. And at first I thought it was because my audience didn't get it. And watching it now, I'm like, no, it's because that video wasn't good. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Whatever you decide to do, you need to think it through. It needs to be something that you're that you know well 
I mean, look, you can introduce people to a whole other thing that they didn't know you were into and you know it well, and they didn't know that. And then it's just like, it's like, oh, wow, this is great. It's like a, it's a passion play for you. I've done things that, that the audience really, really liked, but even it didn't do well in views. It didn't like, it didn't break even 40,000 views, which, you know, but that's the, see, I think that's a big uh, challenge right there as someone who's, who has a, uh, viewership on video uh, higher viewership on videos uh, like the average because you know when you're when you're first starting out and you're kind of like throwing shit up against the wall and just having fun and just being creative you're not caring about what's going to flop or what's not but when you're bigger right. and you you know you you do it, it looks to you have like this you get very um self-conscious about it because it's embarrassing it is for me at least yes. it's embarrassing by yes. something up, even yes. if I know it was good and it doesn't perform well, it's, you know, and then, and unfortunately you need to not allow yourself to be discouraged to not do it again, because you might've been onto something. It might've just right. needed some time to pick up because you're introducing people to something new. And that's the trap that we fall into with the way the algorithm works. The algorithm makes you feel like a failure sometimes. I feel like I've become so much more of a coward than I was at the beginning when I would just make a video about, you know, some topic and be like, I don't know, maybe people like it, maybe won't, whatever. It's not going to matter in the grand scheme of things. And and I don't think that way anymore. And I'm trying to get back into that headspace of like, it doesn't matter if the next video does well or not, because it's only the next video. Right. And I've just, I, I really don't like how cowardly I've become. It's It happens to everybody though. That That's something that happens to really everybody. And I, I'd imagine the pressure never really goes away. See, when I started working on, when I did the uh, my first video for this channel, there was no expectations. I really was just doing it to promote my uh, Fiverr page. The, I'm telling you, that really was it. I did have a feeling about it. I did think that it had viral potential, but that was not why I did it. And, uh, you know, I got way more than I thought I'd get. And I mean, of, that blew the fuck right, up. And because of that, I, I always like that year. I remember I was like going through my goals at the beginning of the year. I was like, I want to get like uh, 4,000 subscribers for my band. I want to get a video that gets 100,000 views, <laughs> like, you know, which is actually I mean, that's a pretty ambitious goal for a year. Right. Exactly. Especially if you had nothing. Yeah. When you're just starting out 100,000 subscribers and just in just a, a, in a week. Yeah. I've already reached my goal for the year. 50 times, I don't know, five times over. I don't even know how many times over. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, let me just keep going with this and not give it like, just, just keep going. I mean, I got nothing to lose. I've already done this. So, I mean, whatever else I get from here is just, but you know, it's amazing because that you don't have that mindset when you get on right. the game, you don't. You feel like you have something to lose and it, and it makes you risk averse in a way that I don't think is good for your content. Right. Sort of get in your own head too much. And, you know, I have a list of YouTube ideas that's, I don't know, I've got 40 things or something on there. And I go down the list and I'm like, no, people won't like that. No, people won't like that. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? You got to just fucking do one. Like stop second guessing it and can telling yourself that people aren't going to like it. I couldn't agree more. And that's kind of what I'm forcing myself to do. You know, I even I even went through some phases with this last video that I was like, eh, what the hell am I doing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? I've opened up a portal to another reality. I'm going through. But you know what, though? This is the kind of stuff that people did on YouTube all the time. You know? Yeah, dude, you're the, the skits you do like that 
are great. Like the 10 second man thing was brilliant. That made it so much more compelling and interesting and fun than just like if you had done a straight to camera video like that, like, oh, I'm going to make some changes, which is is fine. But like the way you did it was perfect. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, it's, but I guess, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like even then when I came up with that idea, I was like, you know, am I, is this going too far? Is it going to be, you know, are people going to think like, you know, I'm, I got something wrong with me and still like, you know, and then you see, com you know, comments too, of like someone will say you need Prozac or something. And it's like, but you got to remind yourself, you have got to block because you, you have no idea who you're dealing with in those comments. Yeah. You're just like, uh, you know, there's just so many different types of people that don't understand different types of humor a lot of a lot of jokes fly over people's heads they don't get it and you have to accept that you have to accept that there's going to be people who think you're crazy or i mean they well people thought that andy kaufman was great well he was well, he probably was <laughs> he kind of was. all right bad example yeah maybe that's a bad example here's the fucked up thing is like <laughs> for me i don't really care that much about negative comments because i'm i'm able to kind of brush that aside the thing that stops me is my own internal dialogue. It's not even what other people are saying. It's like completely in my own head, you know, that I, I mean, I guess view counts is the only, the only kind of objective thing is like, if something doesn't get a lot of views, that kind of psychs me out. But for the most part, it's my own kind of made up uh, idea of what people are going to think more so than what people actually say. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And that to me, that's even worse than letting haters get to you because it's like i'm making all this up in my own head that's something a lot of people do that's something i do i have done a lot myself you know and then and then what happens is is that if you if you do something or i i've done stuff in the past where it's like i'll put put something out there and if i if i feel insecure about it even if it's the, even if the majority of of the feedback is positive if there's one person that is in line with what I really feel. Yes, yes. I, it will knock me down. Yep. It could just be that one comment. I'm looking at it when I'm in line at the grocery store and it just fucking kicks me in the balls. Right, right. All it takes is, and it's ridiculous, the power that that has. Yep. Something's got to break. I mean, something, something's got to give. Because, you know, if you don't push past this and just make the changes that you know that you internally want to, you're going yep. to eventually you know, sooner or later. So you might as well just do it. That's what I did. Yeah. What What made you actually pull the trigger on this? And you've been obviously thinking about it for a couple of years. What made you say, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do this this week? Well, I was planning it for a little while. I kind of like stockpiled some videos that I wanted to go out because I want to do this uh, every Friday release and, and all this stuff. And I was planning it for a little bit. And the, the one thing that really made me realize that it needed to happen was that I was looking at my Spotify and that's when it clicked that I just had two different Spotify accounts. One was Anthony Vincent and one was 10 Second Songs. And it was just so confusing. It was confusing even to myself that, you know, what is this Spotify 10 Second Songs? And I realized that this is just not, this needs to be cleaned up. It needs to be under my name. If I put like, I don't know, Linkin Park Numb in the style of Kill Switch Engage under my name, someone's going to think, oh, this guy just did Linkin Park in the style of kills, which engage, sure. you know, so like, it's not going to confuse people if that happens. And then it's actually makes more sense than having it under the name of 10 second songs when the song isn't 10 seconds long. Exactly. People who are finding this for the first time 
are not making the connection of my history. I can't just assume everyone knows who I am. They don't. There's so many people. There's so many new people who stumble upon us every day. Uh, we're, we're on the internet. It's, it's like the modern city street on the sidewalk. Like we're, we're, we're presenting ourselves to new people who walk by every day. That's why I repeat certain things about, you know, myself or, you know, like people, some people that watch the channel for a long time are like, okay, we get it. You listen to blah, 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 or you don't like this. But I repeat that because there's new people coming in all the time. Even the people who have watched, they don't hear everything you're going to say. So, you know, you, you have to tell people the same thing seven times before the majority of your audience is actually going to remember it. It's true. And I feel like an asshole doing it, but you know, yeah. sometimes you got to just do the thing that makes you feel like an asshole. You do. It's important. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smashmouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. 
And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. So ultimately, what what is it that you, you know, want out of this? Do you want to be known as a musician and have people follow you um, for, you know, like your original work on Spotify? Do you what, what is it that you want? Well, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to. This is this to me is just opening another this is paving the, the way to an eventual exit down the line, uh, exit to certain types of conflict. Things have to hand themselves off to other things. I, I'm not saying exit like I'm not I'm going to stop posting on my channel altogether. But, you know, now it's like this. This is paving the way for experimentation, putting me in a place where I can start really just like like running wild with my imagination and thinking of things I could do creatively again. And I could put it on my page because it's it's my name. You know, and that'll hand itself off to something else. And then eventually, you know, the thing like, for instance, Styles videos. Look, man, uh, I don't personally and there's nothing wrong with this. I know there are certain people probably in the world that would have found success with that and ran with it for the rest of their lives because they'd be happy doing it. But me, nothing wrong with that need to do something else. I got an internal need to put my own, you know, thing out there that that's different than that. Like, you know, me doing uh, songs in the style of other artists. I have the need to be my own artist. And uh, and yeah, I'm not looking to do that for the rest of my life. Not looking to do styles, you know, the whole thing. Not even what I'm doing right now with all this like quirky storyline shit. I'm just having fun at, at the, the, the current moment. So the answer to the question is what it did was it was a fork in the road and it was just me taking another another turn that will lead to an eventual end as opposed to uh, a brick wall you know, uh, a means to an end. And, and also just giving me that freedom to diversify what I do, you know? And then, yeah, uh, if I have original music, which I'm going to release original music in the future, a few different projects, this is a place for me to promote it on. Whereas before, people just thought that I was a guy who, this was my thing. I was, I was locked in this 10 second world. Is there a part of you that like, I don't know, feels like you should just be grateful for having any audience at all and just shut up and give people what they want. Stop being like a diva. Is, is that a conversation you have your, with yourself at all? Oh, totally. I've, I've had that before. But the one thing that brings me down from it was that I have not been completely ungrateful and, and I'm not rejecting it. I still am very much embracing it. And if anything, I'm making it more animated. I think it feels a lot more entertaining, I should say that that i've turned 10 second songs into this character that's going to come back and do styles videos like you know like when a styles video happens again people are going it's it's going to be better than they were before it'd be way better it's going to be hyped up it's going to be there's going to be like a, a story a little story attached to it it'll be fun but you know what though seeing that video that i put out unfortunately it can't spell all that out to people they're going to see it over time if they stick around there are people who jump the gun there are people who didn't even watch to the end. Of course. You know, this is YouTube. This is the internet. I, I have to expect that. I mean, I had people contact me saying, hey, man, I'm seeing all these goodbye videos. Are you okay? 
Like, did you watch it? <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sorry you're dying. Yeah. I got to remind myself that, again, you can't be like, you've got to accept that uh, it's not like, you know, there, there are going to be people who aren't going to uh, completely, uh, you know, watch everything that you put out there. Like, sure. you're going to take what they want from it. And that's it. You know, there are people who maybe roll their eyes at that. But I say, like, they don't owe us anything like that. Like, we can't expect them to watch 100 percent of every video. I'm not the center of their fucking life. That's true, too. That's why I have to remind myself to just relax, play it cool and just just follow the plan. Because people yep. that have your attention will will catch on and they'll get it. And then maybe in the comments section, they'll go and inform the other people who are confused. Oh, no, this is yep. happening. He's been doing this lately. You know, and you just have to stick to it. That's it. Yeah. You know, speaking of the, the comments, like I think YouTube is a really special place in that regard that the comments are a really important part of the whole thing. It's not just the video. Like, that's why I read all my comments and it does take a lot of time. And there is a lot of stuff in there that bums me out and stuff. But at the same time, that community part of it is super real. And I think if, if any creator isn't paying attention to their comments, you are really missing out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I consider everything. I may not, I may not uh, respond to everybody, but if there are things that I see that uh, I agree with, I consider it. And it may, it may sting. There might be constructive criticism. I'll see every once in a while that may sting, but it will make me consider uh, doing something a little, a little differently in the future. Just have things in my mind. The ones that sting the most are the ones that I feel like I need to pay attention to the most. For example, you know, there's a couple people that said, oh, you focus too much on like negative comments. And at first I wanted to be like, well, fuck you. They're funny. Like I just share them because I think it's funny. But then, you know, and, and I and I was kind of irritated by it. But then I thought, well, you know, I, I know my intent when I'm sharing those, but other people don't know that. Maybe they think that I really care a lot about these negative comments and and maybe they are upset because they're like, well, I left you a positive comment and you didn't share that, you know? And so then I thought, well, you know, th they're probably right. I, I should focus more on sharing positive comments and I, I can see why it seems like I focus too much on those. And so I made a conscious effort to start sharing more positive comments. And what I noticed is that when I did that, I started getting more positive comments and like stuff like DMs from people that were like, hey, because of this, like, you know, I got a promotion at work because of this thing you said. And I was like, you know, they were right. As much as I didn't want to hear that and I wanted to tell that guy to fuck off, he was right. And by doing that, you're showing training your audience not to sound like manipulative or anything that that kind of response is what's going to get the reaction and negative comments they, they they drop off more i mean they'll i mean they'll always be there but i have the same problem i i really love going off on people sometimes i just think it's funny like they don't they really don't bother me i just share them because i think it's funny but i can see why other people may not understand that <laughs> they bother me sometimes some of them are just <laughs> too too much for me to ignore but I guess that's the New York thing. I don't know. The ones that bother me are the people. I don't care if they say something mean about me and say I'm an idiot and blah, blah, blah. The ones that annoy me are the people who are like factually incorrect. That are like, I can't believe you said blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, but what I said was right. You're you're wrong. Or like, I can't believe you didn't mention blah, blah, blah. But I did mention it. Right. That's the stuff that makes me mad is when people are just factually incorrect. I, I get that, too. Same here. Like if you had watched the entire video, I actually did mention that thing you said I didn't mention. Right. But 
you know, I look like an asshole going off on that person. And that's sort of the nature of the beast. When you respond to comments, I mean, it should be a fun comment to, to, to respond to and in a fun way. It shouldn't even like you should do it sparingly and it should you should never get into arguments with people who watch your videos. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. I've done it many more times than I should. It's a horrible idea. I mean, and we've all we've all been there before. And I'm, I'm it just it looked it's I mean, when you're in the midst of it, you can't help it or couldn't right. help it at the time. But now it's like, nah, I can't do it. In fact, that's another thing. Someone pointed that out to me. It's like, oh, I noticed you've gotten into some arguments with people in your comments and like it, it, you look stupid doing that. And again, it stung. I didn't want to admit that he was right. But after a while, I was like, he's right. It does. I do look stupid when I do that. And then I stopped doing it. So thank you to everybody in my comments who points it out when I'm acting like a dipshit. I appreciate it. No, it's, it's important. It is important. <laughs> you have to be able to just like as, as hard as it is sometimes and you know because your egos get in the way you got to be able to to uh allow yourself to um to accept that you may have uh, taken it too far well let's take the flip side of this coin so what we've been talking about so far is taking chances as a creator and kind of breaking out of the comfort zone the flip side of that would be a lot of people that i talk to who kind of from the beginning of their channel or podcast or whatever like they want to do a variety channel and they want to talk about all kinds of different stuff. And they're like, I want to talk about everything from cars to comic books, to politics, to fitness. And my feedback to them is like, I think you need to focus a little bit unless you are someone like PewDiePie who just has such an amazing personality that you can read the phone book and people love it. I think you need to focus a little bit more. What are your thoughts on that? Do you agree that people should focus at least in the beginning? Oh, yeah. Not only just in the beginning, but for long term. I mean, like you mentioned PewDiePie, but he's probably one of the rare exceptions that could that could even do that. The guy's got like close to 110 million subscribers. I mean, he's such an exception. Yeah. I mean, if you think you're PewDiePie, go for it. But like, like he does meme review and he's still the essence of what he's been known for is still very much alive in his channel, the gaming stuff. So like even him who has this variety of stuff, is is focused because he's not going off and, and he doesn't go on political tangents and stuff like that. He doesn't. I mean, sometimes he's he is uh, uh, touched on philosophical things, but rarely. Yeah, he, he's more focused than than I think a lot of people may may realize. Yeah. And, and like uh, for people who are just starting. Yeah, you have to like I'm not about to go and do like movie reviews or something on my channel. I mean, I have a second channel that I can do whatever I want with and uh, post whatever the hell I want commentary on whatever if i wanted to but i don't really even like doing comments i've done that before i've done that as, as well and for me i like i personally feel like you know that's something that even though i'd like to have conversations about different things a, a society and music and stuff like that i feel like i would what would i'd rather do was i'd rather put out music that's just me you know so for me then my channel is always going to be a music channel and uh, whatever that means, I mean, it, it's going to be different projects and uh, people followed me for years, never knowing what they were going to get anyway, because I, I would, it would be, I don't know, down with the sickness in 20 styles. And then everyone voted on the, the one style. And then the next week there was down with the sickness in the style of tears for fears. 
And then the next week it was going to be metal. It was going to be swing. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. So like, this is just what people knew me for anyway. So anything music related, that's fine. But when you start, I would advise against, unless it's like you, unless you, it's something you really believe in and it's not something that you feel you're just kind of like, yeah, we'll see what happens. I wouldn't advise going too far out, out into the uh, abyss. I think that's a good way to put it. And, you know, for me, for a while, I was sort of frustrated because I felt like a little bit boxed in because there's a lot of things in my life other than music. And I felt sort of frustrated that I, I felt like I couldn't, you know, share that stuff. But then I changed my thinking a little bit. And as long as I can find a way to re- to ground it in music in some way, I think it fits on my channel. And you can fit almost anything into music if you want to. You know, for example, if I wanted to talk about technology in some way, all right, well, which is something I've, you know, I have a a background in technology as a business. I mean, there's tons of tech companies like Spotify, for example, that if you want to explain to people how a a SaaS business works, a subscription software business works, well, Spotify is a great example, a great way to do that. So I think whatever you want to talk about, there's almost always a way to tie it into kind of the core thing that you focus on. And if there really isn't a way to tie it in, well, then maybe that's a little bit too far afield. Like model trains, for example, probably don't have a place on my channel. But I think that there's a way to bring variety into, you know, your area of focus without uh, without muddying the waters too much. And I think people just really should push themselves to like just tie it into the thing you focus on in some way. And then I think your audience probably will be receptive to it. Because the more, the more that you do this, uh, the more you people are invested in your personality. Yeah. And they're going to want to. They're going to want, you got to, it, it, it all depends on how you come across and like, you know, um, because they're going to want to know more, more stuff about you too. And I, I think that's, that's another good thing about what you're doing with, podcasting too it allows you to go off into other topics that i mean this is a very uh what do you how do you call it like this is a vulnerable topic Mm -hmm. to talk about for me like you know this is a pretty vulnerable thing like people don't get to see this about people who are uh, uh, creators content creators however you want to call it on the internet they don't really see this side i mean they do because then uh, because eventually at one point or another, someone's going to put out a video saying, look, I've been, I'm burnt out. You know, you always see those videos. I don't want to put those out. You know what I mean? Like that was the, the last. <sighs> Guys, we need to talk. We need to talk. I mean, the last video I did, I did was not even a burnout video. I tried to craft it in a way that did not come off as me, like, you know, bitching about anything because I wasn't. But you see, that's the thing. Like, this is something that people, we really, a lot of people struggle with. It may not. Some people hide it better than others, but you're you've got a lot of responsibility if this if you have found a way to make this your job, because like you know even if even if you are a big channel at this point it, it really like for instance a big subscriber base doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. When I see on YouTube stories, I see someone like Mr. Beast on there talking about how hey guys like constantly reminding people to subscribe to him because he looked at the analytics. The majority of people that watch his videos aren't even subscribed. What does that tell you? And this is a guy who has 50 million subscribers. I don't think subscriptions mean really anything. I mean, you said yourself, you've got, what, three and a half million or something now. And there's some videos that you put out that get 40 or 50,000 views. It doesn't really mean shit. Yeah. It's a vanity metric. Right. That's the thing. That's why you have to constantly be on top of 
your game. And I, yep. I don't want to play the YouTube game. That's the other thing too. Like, but you have to. Yeah, you do. You really do. And I, and I, and I think everyone <laughs> wants to. I don't know. Maybe there's some people who really get their kicks uh, playing the game. I think I know there are. I know there are yeah. who actually. It's almost like you know, see it as like it's a it's a video game. Like they're yeah. Like I mean, because the entire that's such a trending thing, being a gamer, and that's exactly what the algorithm is. Like it's a game. Yep. Social media is a game. Mm-hmm. Every platform is a game. There are buttons to push and ways to get ahead, and that's really all it takes. Because I mean, some of the stuff it's not even about like talent, but I guess in a way it is because it's a talent in and of itself to play it. To be able to, to know what thumbnail to pick, what title to pick, what kind of content to, to double down on. Hey, everyone, uh, come up with a catchy phrase to to tell people to engage in your video, like like yeah. now, you know? Right, right. Slap that MF and like button, 10 second songers. Right. This is all supposed to be, yeah, that that's all, all of that is tactic, you know, that's tactical to get engagement, to, to have a healthy and successful channel and you got to do that to some extent but you know i i mean i do a lot of that stuff and you have to but the one part of it that i really don't want to engage with or don't want to 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 go too far down or to is the negativity because you know this probably isn't so much true of your channel but like negative titles for like commentary and stuff always do better negative topics like what people want to do is that what they want to see more than anything else is like 10 ways that anthony vincent ruined his channel and is going to be a broke fucking loser for the rest of his life i'm like ooh, i'm gonna watch this that's gonna do much better than 10 reasons why anthony vincent is awesome and great and has a bright future yeah well i did a i i at one time uh because it was it was was for a brand deal and I just, I got to think of something. <laughs> I, I, uh, I did um, the worst vocal performance ever. You know, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had, I had the uh, puddle of mud oh, singer yeah. on the, on the thumbnail, whatever. It got a really decent amount of views, but I took what, what people didn't expect was that I did take a positive approach. I listened to him. I listened to that performance and I found an old performance of him doing it in the same key and killing it. I'm like, what the hell happened here? He must have had some. He had a bad night. Must have had some kind of vocal thing or whatever. Yeah. I moved on to the next one. And then at the end, I put my worst vocal performance from like when I did uh, I, I did a performance <laughs> like in at the YouTube space in L.A. May it rest in peace. And uh, it was just so bad. It was after I went viral the first time and I tried to recreate it live and it was just not the environment for it. Let's just put it that way. So like, you know. <laughs> I kind of turned it around on people, found a way to make yeah. a catchy negative clickbait. Cause you're right. It's the, it's the negativity that people, they want it. They, they, that's what grabs people. Cause I did a, the most legendary performance ever, ever afterwards. Right. And it didn't even do shit. Of course not. Of course not. It's just, you know, it's the way it is that. Yeah. That's what I do too. I call it reverse clickbait of like making people think that I'm going to talk shit about something, but then having an overall positive take on it. And I, I feel okay about that. You know, because the way I think about it is like, would I be okay about what I'm going to say here if the person I was talking about sat next to me, watching it with me? You know, like what's what's his name? Wes from Puddle of Mud. He knows that's not his best performance. So, you know, he, he's not going to get mad that you mentioned, hey, you know, this didn't sound great, um, especially if you say. Uh, follow that up by saying, but he can sing this song because look, right. I think there's a way to kind of play the YouTube game without just being a slave to the worst aspects 
of of how it works and that's that's kind of how i try to think about it another thing i've started doing recently like as in the past i don't know month or so is talking about myself more um which feels like kind of it feels kind of douchey because i'm just not the kind of person that like I don't want to talk about myself necessarily or feel, I don't know, it just feels slimy, but I think about the channels that I watch and, and all of them are like, I wish this person would talk about themselves more because I want to know more. Like for example, MKBHD, I don't actually care that much about gadgets. So like, I don't really care that much about his review of the new Samsung TV or whatever, but I would love it if he just made a vlog about his day or told me about what, you know, his senior year of high school was like. You know, and so I think, well, if I would like other people who I follow, other creators to talk about themselves more then I'm sure that there's a chunk of my audience that feels the same way about me. So why am I getting in my own head and telling myself that it's not okay to talk about myself? Yeah, it's the thing that will tend to overthink and, and second guess a lot more when we know that we have more eyes on us. Yes, yes. When I was really active on Facebook, I had my my Facebook main page. But for some reason, uh, you know, I would do like live things where I would go live and talk to people every once in a while. But I would always go live on the smallest of my social medias. Like I would go live right. on my Instagram or something, you know, because for some reason I felt more comfortable talking to 50 people than 500 or 1,000. You know, it's just like you feel like you could be more free. To put yourself out there is hard for, for anybody to do. I mean, even even some of the biggest performers in the planet, like, you know, to, to just sit down and talk about themselves, who they really are. People could do it, but I, I feel like there's a, a very few people who would be a hundred percent comfortable with that. It's interesting. You mentioned that thing about going from live from the smallest platform, because this is exactly, I've had a second channel for a year or something. And these are the kind of videos that before I would have put on my second channel. And I just asked myself, well, wait a minute, why shouldn't that go on my main channel? Like, why not? <laughs> and I can't tell you how much I relate to that. I can't tell you. I actually, and I did it. I did like, you know, I would, I started getting into uh, synthwave. It's a genre of like, you know, like 80s yeah. soundtrack music, but with vocals and stuff. And I really started getting into it. And I, and I made like some versions, synthwave things. And I just threw it on my second channel. And I'm like, wow, that was a waste. I could have just right. had it mixed and just put it on my main channel. And you're and you saying that to me, my instant thought was like, why the fuck would that not go on your main channel? That seems totally okay to me. It's not your fantasy football picks. Exactly. If I'm doing uh, down with the sickness in the style of Tears for Fears, why can't this synthwave uh, version, right. which engage, go on my main channel? Yeah, it's so funny. And my advice to any creator is like, I think it's very important to talk about yourself, even if it feels kind of douchey or whatever, because that will help people understand where you're coming from and it will help them filter all the other content that they see from you. For example, why Tears for Veers? You know, what is your history with that? Like, I think the more people understand why you're making what you make, the more they're going to like it. Yes. And the other, the, that's, that is the other thing that I have, I've always struggled with. Sometimes it, one thing that really gets to my head is that I know that there are so many eyes and so many different perceptions of who people think I am. And there's such a clash of who I really am and what my true intentions are because of all of this second guessing for many years of what I can put and how I'm being careful of what kind of stuff to put out. I haven't allowed myself to show 
what my intentions are. So, so people be on the same page as me if I haven't properly. Yeah. How, how would they know if you never told them? Exactly. How would they know? Right. That's why, like, you know, when I put out that last video, I guess, you know, and I didn't realize I did it until after I, I, I did it. And, you know, people like it got all these views and, and, and feedback was that that really was the first step that, that um, I think people got to see what I was trying to do, especially with like, you know, I bought a cape, uh, I bought that cape just fucking around like, like a couple of months ago. And I, I was like, I just showed up randomly with the cape. People probably thought I was out of my mind, but in my mind, I right. was playing a character. But they're like, why are you wearing a cape, you weirdo? In my mind, I was like, I know what I'm doing in my head. I know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be a villain here. Okay. But I didn't craft that as a way for people to understand it, you know? So, so I feel like that was my, what I did recently was my first step in doing that. So in other words, like, that's just an example of, you know, there might be some things that I feel like a lot of people feel uh, from what I'm getting from what you're saying with like not putting the whole story out there and talking about things and which explain why you put out certain videos. Well, I think you're, I don't want to use the word selling out, but in a way it is, it's like, you're not being true to yourself. You're not telling the audience the whole story and you're compromising your art because of that. Because if they don't understand the context of why you're making this and who you are, then there's no way they could properly interpret what you're putting out there. And ultimately, you're just making a worse experience for yourself and for them. Right. And we just have to get out of our own way. And, you know, just it's, it's such a fucking weird thing of like how you feel less free once you become successful. Whereas I thought, oh, well, once if I ever got 100,000 subscribers, I'll just do whatever the fuck I want because I've got 100,000 subscribers. And of course you get there and you're like, well, shit, I got 100,000 subscribers. I don't want to fuck this up. I'm not taking any chances now yep. and we just got to get out of our own way. So I've taken up enough of your time, but I really appreciate this. And just again, thank you for that video. If anybody hasn't watched it, you really should. And of course, all, all your other content as well. But I think for this show, this podcast, which is really focused on, you know, how to be a, a creator of some kind or another, like, man, that like that is such a fantastic video. Everyone needs to watch it. Thank you for making it. Any words of wisdom or uh, thoughts or anything else you want to leave the folks with before I let you go? No, that's it. I, I, I think we covered everything. And I guess just do it, man. Have as much fun as you can. And I, I know it gets very difficult to do that the, the further along we go with this thing or even just in life in general. Uh, but uh, you got to you gotta force yourself to just have a good time. And uh, I think I really do think that well, from my experience with putting out that video, you know, the, the feedback told me that, wow, I thought a bunch of people were going to care. And there were some people who just didn't understand what was going on, but the majority of people, it resonated with them. And that's usually if you're, if there's something that you're, you're, you're kind of, there's like a tug of war that you're going through about something. Usually it is, a, it is something that a lot of people are also dealing with and then they're they're also uncomfortable putting it out there as well. So if you put it out there, you're going to be surprised how much it how much it really does connect. So it's easier said than done. It's not a leap that everyone uh, chooses to take right away, but I really encourage everybody to take those leaps because I think that's what life's all about. Well said. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. 
If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.